You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Sky Missions. Whether you're an individual seeking to go on a missions trip or a church leader wanting to take your group, Blue Sky can make it happen. Learn more today at blueskymissions.org. You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome, welcome in to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful, hot and humid Orlando, Florida. Today I'm going to answer the question, if God is so good, then why is there evil in the world? Uh, This is related to another question that I actually already answered in a different episode. You can go back and listen to episode 16. There I answered the question, why do bad things happen to good people? I answered that question in that episode. You should go back and listen to that if you're interested. In this episode, we're going to specifically ask the question, if God is so good, then why is there any evil in the world? Like, If God is as good and as merciful as we make him out to be, why doesn't he just eradicate all the evil in the world? This is a question people often ask when they're trying to come to grips with whether or not they actually believe in God. And I think that's a very interesting question. I I think it's a valid question to ask in the minds of a lot of people. And so I want to kind of give some good responses to that. When people say that to me, or if someone says that to me, if God is so good, why is there evil in the world? I will tell you how I respond. I'm going to give you five potential responses to that question. And the reality is when people ask this, what they're really asking is why doesn't God intervene, right? Like there's evil in the world. We know that. Why doesn't God step in and do something about this? Why does he not get rid of it? And the very first response I typically give to that is this, is that God is simply allowing us to suffer the consequences of our own actions. Sometimes we don't want to hear this as humans. We, we want to think, oh, we deserve good or we deserve God to do something good for us. But the reality is God gave us an opportunity. In the Garden of Eden, he put Adam and Eve. It's a true story. It actually happened. Adam and Eve are in the garden. God gave them dominion and authority over the earth, Genesis 1.28. But Adam chose to believe Satan over God. Adam and Eve chose to trust the words of the enemy of God instead of choosing to trust and believe God's words. And what happened in that very moment is that sin entered the world. It's like a spiritual cancer that comes into the world and begins to devastate and destroy everything it touches. And sin begins to now spread throughout the human race. And everything is corrupted. We see this in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, and and certainly in other places throughout the scripture. Even creation was corrupted and depraved. We see this in Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And we then again, in Romans 8, verse 22, Paul talks about how creation groans. When humans sinned, it wasn't just humans who were affected, but everything in the natural world, everything in our universe within the, the physical realm was impacted by this. Sin is destructive. And oftentimes we end up suffering the consequences of sin. Sometimes we suffer the consequences of our own sin, sometimes we end up suffering the consequence of other people's sin. And that's just the reality. People sin and they end up hurting each other and themselves. We are all guilty of this. All of us have sinned in a way that has hurt someone else. And all of us have experienced the hurt that someone else causes when they sin against us. The reality is if God allows some evil and some suffering to exist in planet earth, he's simply allowing us 
to suffer the consequences of our own actions. It's actually not unfair or wrong at all. It's actually quite just and it's quite fair. Number two, maybe God is indeed intervening, but we just don't realize it. Like the Bible calls God the restrainer. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 tells us that Jesus created everything, that through him everything was created, and that in him everything is held together. So clearly there is not one single thing that happens on planet Earth that Jesus is not involved in and holding together in some way or another. And I would venture to guess, based on the character of God that I see in Scripture, that there are probably lots of things on planet Earth that were evil that would have happened, but God stopped them for some reason or another. I'm sure many of us have had this experience. Many of us have had moments in our life that think, oh my gosh, that thing that happened was crazy. It could have been so much worse. Or or somehow something just seems to be a coincidence that happens in our life. We're like, oh my gosh, if that hadn't happened or if this hadn't happened, this other evil thing may have happened. Oh my gosh, what an incredible, how lucky we were, how fortunate we are. Haven't you ever had those moments? Let me tell you, that wasn't dumb luck. That wasn't chance. That was God intervening on your behalf. That was God stopping something evil from happening to you because he was showing you some form of mercy. So that's really important to remember. Number three, we ask ourselves, why doesn't God intervene? But you want to ask yourself, how much should he intervene? Like We're okay with God intervening in some ways, but not in other ways. Like We're okay with God stopping the murderer or the rapist or stopping the Nazis. Like Why didn't God stop Adolf Hitler? Adolf Hitler was so evil. But the reality is, where should God stop? Because if God eradicates all evil in the world, that would include eradicating you and me. Like you see how selfish and narcissistic we can be? We say, well, God should get rid of the people who, those people over there that do evil, or God should get rid of that evil over there, but he doesn't get rid of my evil. Like We don't want God to eradicate or stop us. I know right now there's probably someone listening to this saying, well, I'm not evil. What are you talking about? The reality is you may not be evil compared to Adolf Hitler, or you may not be evil compared to other people, but God's measuring stick of evil is not comparing you to other humans. God compares and contrasts humans against himself. And compared to God, I promise you, you are considered bad, wicked, and evil. And so if God were going to eliminate evil from his perspective— you would be included in the same bunch of people of the murderers and the rapists and the child molesters and the Nazis and people who enslaved, whatever. Whatever group you want to say is evil from God's perspective based on your inability to measure up to his perfection and his holiness, by that measuring stick, you would be in the category of evil. Number four, God has a purpose in evil. You see, God controls the world. God could stop anything. So the fact that he chooses to not stop some things proves that God has a purpose. Now, a lot of times we can't see the purpose and it doesn't make sense to us, but I promise you, God has a purpose in everything he does. The prophet Isaiah says this in Isaiah 55, God is way bigger. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. The apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8 that God works together all things for the good of those who love him. Romans 5.3 tells us that suffering and pain develop character in our lives. You see, oftentimes we suffer pain when evil is committed in the world, but pain also gets our attention and it does positive things in our lives. The great philosopher and author C.S. Lewis, he said this in his book, The Problem with Pain. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience. 
but he shouts to us in our pains. You see, pain gets your attention. Pain teaches you lessons and makes you a better person. And so sometimes God allows evils to take place in the world because it teaches us great lessons that's helpful to us. And then number five, my last response is this. When people say, why doesn't God intervene? Why doesn't he step in and do something? I always say, actually, he did. He did do something. The world is evil and God could have allowed us to fall apart on our own. God could have said, you're all evil, go to hell, literally. That could have been the end of the story if God wanted it to be. However, God has chosen that that would not be the story. God has chosen that something different would come about. God determined that he would step into the human story, that he would intervene, and he did that by coming to earth in the form of a human being named Jesus Christ. And he walked on planet earth and he experienced all the pain and evils that we have brought upon ourselves. And he never sins and he never betrays God. And he dies a wicked death on the cross and he raises from the dead and he makes an invitation to all of us. If you follow me, if you have a friendship with me, Jesus says, I will forgive you of your sins. The famous verse, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. And the Apostle Paul says this in Romans chapter 10, that if you believe in your heart, you will be saved. The human story could have ended with our own evil destroying the human race, but God chooses that that's not the end of the story he chooses to intervene, and we we dare to arrogantly challenge him. Say, God, why haven't you intervened when all the while God has actually already intervened? Motivated by his incredible love and compassion, Jesus shows up on the scene. He is the intervention. I know this is a difficult topic to address in a lot of ways, but I hope that this episode has been helpful and insightful to you as you grapple through this question, a very important question. If you're looking for some resources, maybe to be an additional help to you, there's two great books that I'd love to recommend. One, I actually quoted in the podcast already, The Problem with Pain. It's by C.S. Lewis, phenomenal book that deals with this topic. And then another one that I really love that I would highly recommend is a book by Randy Alcorn called If God is Good. Randy Alcorn, one of my favorite authors. I think both of those books could be great resources to you. Before I let you go, just want to give you a quick reminder, please subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you are using. The more subscriptions we have, the higher up the search rankings we will be whenever people search terms like theology or God or Bible. So your subscription to the podcast really does help us out a lot. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Kenneth Ortiz, that's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Or you can visit our website, theologyfortherestofus.com. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.